0: From time to time, one of our school or PSR classes will come down to church and we'll do a little kind of tour of the sacristy, the backstage tour, if you will, here at church. And one of the things that we talk about is all of the different vestments that we have there in the sacristy that we wear for, for mass. And we'll go through all of the different colors of the vestments and talk about the different seasons of the liturgical year and why we wear a particular color at a certain time of the year. Today we're back in green again because we've started a new season of ordinary time. And when I have the opportunity to talk with our students about this, I always ask them, if you look outside, what do you see that's green? And they'll rattle off the grass, the trees, the bushes. One time one of them told me cars, because that's another green thing that they see out there in the world. And then I'll ask, what do all of those things have in common except the cars? And they'll very quickly say, well, they're all alive, right? They're growing. And we talk about how this is why we wear green in ordinary time. Because what's ordinary for us as Christians, what's ordinary for a disciple of Jesus Christ is for us always to be growing. To be growing in what in particular in what St. Paul said to the Corinthians today when he addressed them as those who are called to be holy. You and I are meant to be throughout our lives growing in holiness. And it's a task literally for the whole of our life because there's no upward limit to holiness. Wherever we may be, we can always become more holy. Sometimes I think we can approach our faith in a very minimalistic way. We perceive there's this clear line between heaven and hell. And the goal is just to make sure I'm on the right side of that line. And certainly we do want to end up on the right side of that line. But the saints especially teach us that on the right side of that line, there are many different degrees of holiness. Every saint in heaven is perfectly happy, but some, because they have spent their lives in such a great pursuit of holiness, are able to enter more fully into the glory of heaven than others. St. Therese of Lisieux speaks about this in her writings. She compares the different saints in heaven to different sized cups, everything from a thimble to a big pitcher. She says, you know, every saint in heaven is, is full to the brim with God's grace. There's, there's no empty space. They've been filled. They're perfectly happy. But some are able to hold, if you will, more of God than others. Because some have grown holier through their lives by their grace, by the grace of God and their own efforts. What teacher, when you think about it, would want her students just to try not to fail? Wouldn't every teacher want their students to do their best, to strive for the best grade possible? Or what coach would say to his team, let's just not have a losing record this year? Wouldn't every coach want his team to strive to go as deep into the playoffs, to the championship if they can? Or what business, would be satisfied just saying, we're just going to stay out of the red? Doesn't every business seek to be as profitable as it can? Why would we approach our faith in any other way? God has made us for greatness. Pope Benedict had this beautiful line at one, I think it was at a World Youth Day, when he said to the young people, the world promises you comfort, but God didn't make you for comfort. He made you for greatness. And it's the greatness of holiness. And so as we begin ordinary time, it's good for us to pause and say, how can I, in this season that we call ordinary, continue on that path, continue to strive for what's ordinary for me as a disciple of Christ, which is to become holy. And the gospel today shows us anew, the one and only way to become holy. It's the way that John the Baptist pointed out the whole of his life. His mission from God was to point the way to the Holy One, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, the Holy One of God, he is the way for us to grow in holiness the more He is at the heart of our lives, the more we are going to become holy like Him. And you know, as Catholics, we're blessed to have a very concrete way of placing Jesus Christ at the center of our lives because we have the Holy Eucharist. He Himself gave us Himself abiding with us in the Eucharist, body, blood, soul, and divinity. He is really present. Our faith teaches us. In the most blessed sacrament, it's our greatest treasure. And so while it's true, there are many ways that we are called to grow in holiness. The most important way is by putting the Eucharist at the center of our life because what that means is putting Jesus at the center of our lives, because the Eucharist is Jesus. So I just want to propose to you three ways that we can live a Eucharist-centered life, that we can put Christ in the Eucharist at the heart of our lives and experience growth and holiness. One reason that our Lord gave himself in the Eucharist is so that his perfect sacrifice, which saved the whole world, would be perpetuated and made present in every time and place so that you and I can offer our lives with him to the Father. It's when we unite our lives to the perfect offering of Christ in the Mass that our lives become a pleasing offering, a sacrifice to God. And so the first way to live a Eucharistic life, is every day to unite myself to the offering of Christ in the Mass. And that'd be beautiful if we could all come to Mass every day, but we don't all have that luxury. It's true. But there's this beautiful custom, a beautiful prayer that the church gives us called the morning offering. I'm sure some of you pray it every morning. When we pray the morning offering we are uniting ourselves to the sacrifice of the Mass. We're saying to the Lord, everything that's about to transpire through this day, all of my prayers and works, my joys and my sufferings, I unite them all to the Mass and offer them to you. It's a daily way of offering our lives with Christ in the Eucharist to the Father. How beautiful it would be if in every house in our parish, The day began with that. Imagine what transformation might take place. The second reason Jesus gives himself to us in the Eucharist is simply so that we can be with him and so that he can be with us. And it happens beautifully in Eucharistic adoration. When we spend time with our Lord in our adoration chapel, we simply are with the one who we know loves us. Each day of the week, Monday through Friday, the Blessed Sacrament is exposed in the monstrance on the altar of our chapel from 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. One great custom is to actually commit to a holy hour once a week. It's our hour to be with our Lord there. But even if that's not possible, the chapel is available for a visit any time, even if it's just a few minutes. And even outside of those hours when the Blessed Sacrament is exposed in the monstrance, he remains in the tabernacle. You can come to the chapel 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Here's another way to put Christ in the Eucharist at the center of our lives. By making visits to him there. Spending time with him. And a third reason that Jesus remains with us in the Blessed Sacrament, the most precious reason of all, so that we can receive Him in Holy Communion. So that we can take Christ, the Holy One of God, literally into our bodies. We can commune with Him in this most intimate way, which happens, of course, ordinarily here at Holy Mass. Living a Eucharistic, Christ centered life means putting the Mass at the heart of my life, which is why we have a Sunday obligation. The church knows that we need this, that our whole week, really, because our life is kind of this continual cycle, right, of week after week, to structure our whole week, to begin the whole week here, to literally arrange our calendar around Jesus, and to come here and to receive him frequently in Holy Communion, always worthily, observing that Eucharistic fast and if we need to, because of serious sin in our life, first being reconciled to him through the sacrament of confession, but often receiving our Lord into ourselves in Holy Communion. The morning offering, Eucharistic adoration, frequent Holy Communion, these are three ways to do what's ordinary for us as Christians, which is to grow in holiness by putting the Holy One at the center of our lives. Perhaps each of us, before we leave church this morning could resolve in our hearts just one way throughout this ordinary time to make our lives more Eucharistic so that we can experience the fruit of our Lord's call. We are called to be holy. St. Patrick, pray for us.